Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever it is where you are. Welcome to Small Business Weekly, your small business booster show. So, cuddle up with a cup of coffee, a Diet Coke, whatever you got. Relax, it's going to be a great show today. Got a good guest and uh, we're going to call this one The Fashion Show. Well, I'd like to welcome to today's show our guest, Christina Bernal. Christina is a manager of a local thrift store that they call Throwback Junction. I've been there many times. I really enjoy the place, and it's a little unusual to have the manager on our program. Usually we have a business owner, but uh, Christina, I think you're going to give us uh, a little better and different take on what's going on, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, for having me. Sure, sure. Um, I, I, I've known you for a while now, and uh, I really don't know much about your background, I, at least in business, that is. I mean, technically, right now, you're working at a business categorized as a thrift store, but uh, we'll get into that a little later. But what did you do before that? I mean, what kind of business background do you oh, have? Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, I guess you really wouldn't. Um, we haven't talked about it before. Um, my background has always been in fashion, so I went to PCC for fashion, um, Pasadena City College. Um, took fashion and art there. It's always fashion's always been my passion since I was a little girl. Um, as long as I could remember, that's what I wanted to do, um, and that's what I did. So I went to school for that. I uh, worked as a designer for a lingerie company here in the Valley. Then I worked for a uniform company in the Valley. Um, but I also owned my own businesses. I had a um, boutique in Pasadena with my cousin, and we were involved in that venture for about seven years in Old Town. And uh, I worked at the same time we ran the store. Um, so I did that, and that was a, um, an art boutique. So everything in the store was created by local artists. So we curated, we had art um, also, so we had a wall that would change out every month or so, and we'd have an art opening reception and a closing reception. Um, but the products that were in the store were like soaps and handbags, um, jewelry, anything that's, that was made locally handmade. So the store itself wasn't just fashion or dresses, I mean, clothing, that kind of things. It was a lot of stuff. Yeah, for the most part it was, yeah, for the most part it was actually a lot of other things besides clothes. Um, there were some people that, that had their own independent lines, but, um, but that was something that, uh, that we did and it was fun and I learned so much from that. And then the other business um, I started was um, was a clothing, was an art, music and enter entertainment, fashion kind of company. And uh, that was for a few years in downtown, in downtown LA. And that's where I started my own line and was able to create um, my line of fashion. And um, I did that for, uh, for quite a few years, but the funding for fashion is very expensive. It's very expensive to create a fashion line. Yeah, I can um, imagine. I <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot. Um, but like, I mean, that's a whole industry. I mean, to be, I wouldn't even categorize it a small business. I mean, it's a ferocious, competitive area, and and also when you get into things like manufacturing, and marketing. I mean, it's difficult to know how people make any money because it's so competitive. Yeah, it really is. And um, we started just when 
you know, Instagram was was new and, and, and just, you know, coming up. So you have to you had to have really um, got in on that platform to get that wide to get that wide range of um, exposure. Um, and fashion is all about marketing and people want to hear your story. Um, but in, and, it, and my line is good and I still want to go back to that eventually. Um, I still have machines at my house and I have fabric and I have all my patterns and everything. <laughs> but, um, but the funding um, that I had um, ran out and I couldn't you know, work the way I wanted to anymore. So I stopped and uh, went back to work and freelanced um, doing pattern making um, until, I, you know, until I met Randy here in town. And I, you know, I didn't want to commute anymore. Everything in the fashion industry in LA is over, you know, Culver City, Commerce, downtown. Yeah. And, you know, and the commute is just, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, driving downtown even back then was difficult. And, but you mentioned Randy. I'm, uh, he's the owner of the location. I mean, how did you, uh, how did you guys hook up? Yes, I was introduced to him by the property owner, uh, the building owner where Throwback Junction is at. And, um, you know, he told me that, you know, Randy was starting a business there that had to do with recycled fashion, sort of like a Buffalo exchange, and maybe I could help him. And he wanted to introduce me to him. So he so I did. And um, I was just freelancing at the time. So I wasn't committed really to anything. And um, I asked him, I said, hey, Randy, if you need help, I'm here in San Fernando and, you know, give me a call and, and I can help you. And he did. So, um, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, but I've been with him ever since. So I helped him before he opened the doors. There was just, you know, paper still up on the windows and, you know, he, he's, he's a great guy. He has a good um, vision for location. He chose San Fernando um, and I'm glad that he did. He saw something in San Fernando that, that was needed. And, um, so he wanted to put the business here. Yeah, I've uh, always been intrigued by the concept of the business. I mean, you guys came up with a, an idea that's not new. I mean, you know, uh, thrift stores are around. But you mentioned to me once that you've got sort of a curated collection. And that whole idea, you know, sparked me because it just didn't seem like something, you know, people would do. You know, I mean, we're not just buying your junk and selling it. I mean, we're picking and choosing exactly what people might want, what we want to portray as our aesthetic for the place or the look that we're looking for for spring or, you know, whether we want to do vintage. I mean, yeah, I don't really know how you would go through describing it, but it's exciting. Well, it was bringing something, first of all, to the community that they've never seen before. Um, because like you said, it's, it's not just a thrift store. And I think a lot of people at first thought it was, but when they looked at the store and they saw that it was merchandised, um, beautifully and that our windows were done beautifully and that we're taking so much attention to, we're putting so much attention to, um, display and merchandising that it obviously wasn't just a thrift store. So what we do is by curating everything is taking out all of the riffraff, if you will, of thrift stores and bringing you only the best pieces. So in other words, you know, we're, ta we're bringing you the on-trend, the name brands, and the slightly used clothing and accessories that you'd want to see so that you don't have to spend hours digging if you're not a digger, if you're not one of these people that loves to spend, you know, two or three hours in a thrift store. If you're just somebody that wants to go in and, 
is looking for something 70s looking or they're looking for you know just a great pair of jeans to wear you can come in and we've we've done all the work for you and we brought in all of the best pieces for you to to look at yeah i i've found a few great pieces in there and what i like is that they're almost uh there's some that are almost art pieces in their own right. <laughs> and uh, they have historical value. They have some sort of provenance, you might say. It's almost like a, a piece of art. You know, some of the stuff you've got that was on television or uh, is so endemic of the era, you know. And and I, I had some of those on my own. When my father passed away, I brought over to you. I, I thought they were unique or different in some way. And it's not just clothing either. You guys have got jewelry, you've got pins, you've got furniture. In other words, you could create an aesthetic just by seeing what you guys are, uh, are displaying there. And that, that I think is so, uh, it's almost like an evolution of the standard thrift store. I know it's not unique, but it is unique in our area. And uh, I mean, I guess if you were in Soho or in, in New York, I mean, there's probably a lot of this kind of thing. Right. But out here in the valley, man, it, it just seems like it's so cool. Right. And yeah, that's what was lacking out here. And, you know, and that's how you get a, you start a good business. You see a void in the market. And there was definitely a void out here in this part of the valley for something that was like this. Because uh, right now, the way the world is, more younger people, college people, high school kids are all understanding the value of of recycling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kids now are using recyclable straws. Um, they've got their, you know, their um, everything's recycled now. They want to buy things that are earth friendly, eco friendly, um, that are recycled. So, this industry is is one of the biggest booming industries um, right now because of that. Yeah, I mean, you can sort of kill two birds. You can dress fashionably and and feel use good a piece it. of clothing for the second or third time in its life and so it, it's like a zero sum you, you yeah. didn't fill a landfill with that old thing what you did was gave it to somebody who really wanted it and and uh, i appreciate that a lot more than your standard well i'm going to take my cans into the recycle yeah I mean, th this really feels like you're uh living the aesthetic in, in a different way you know i really uh dig that you know right right yeah and, and i mean i i try to do that live that that way in my own personal life. Um, I've been an avid thrifter since I was probably 19, 20 years old. We didn't have much money growing up and that was a way for me to look at the fashion magazines and see like, oh, that's a cool look or a cool style. How can I find something similar to that, you know, for a third of the price or even, you know, less than that. Um, and that was thrifting for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that was something that you kept hidden back then. You know, you would dress in something that you found at the thrift store, but you wouldn't tell anybody at the office <laughs> that that's where you got it from or at school yeah, because yeah. it wasn't cool back then. Yeah. But now it's become something because people are now, the younger people and the younger generation are appreciating that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got all ages coming into the store, but a lot of them are millennials or, you know, kids that are younger, 13 years old, 15 years old, coming in and they're into that. Mm -hmm. You know, and they want the better clothes. Things were made better in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Things were made better back then. Well, you there know, was also so. a period of time where uh, fashion was uh, um, identifiable. In other words, there was a look. Mm -hmm. You know, you had your 50s look. You had your 60s, your hippies look. You got your 70s bell bottoms. You, you had your 80s big hair. But starting in the 90s and 2000s, things kind of, you know, sort of washed. So <laughs> going back to those looks 
really is identifiable in a cool way. Right. And as you know, an older guy, it's nice to see some <laughs> of that uh, become more acceptable and popular. You know. Yeah. And and it's nice to see you guys catering to that look and that uh, that whole aesthetic. Yeah, the kids right now they're all into. Uh, 90s and early 2000s like kind of y2k look mm -hmm. and that's more like the the little baby tees and really low-rise jeans like if you if you look back at paris hilton or britney spears back then what they wore and it was all about the really really low-rise jeans and then all of a sudden it turned into super high-waisted jeans what everybody's wearing now you know so everything kind of comes back and forth again but i i hope that the super low-rise jeans don't come back <laughs> me too <laughs> So uh, you're, the store itself is located in San Fernando. Now, I would characterize the demographic here as, uh, I'd say, 80 to 90 percent uh, uh, Latino, Hispanic, mm -hmm. however you want to categorize that. Uh, immigrant. Uh, Latinx. Yeah, Latinx. Mm -hmm. There you go. How has, I know you guys draw from a wide area, but how has that uh, landed here, especially in the downtown area? For those aren't familiar with the, where we're broadcasting from, you know, the city of San Fernando has a one of those traditional downtown areas that has evolved over the last hundred years to basically a two or three block strip on San Fernando Road where there is still stores that have been there for decades. And it's a, it, it's a traditional outdoor shopping center that some of these bigger centers are trying to imitate. And you guys are snap dab in the middle of it next to the bridal over here mm -hmm. or the, the, the meat market over here. So, I mean, how is that? Uh... Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, we've seen it out in Echo Park and, and Los Feliz, Silver Lake, those areas, Highland Park, where you'll see um, kind of a hipster boutique or vintage shop next to a um, piñata store or next to a taco place. And I think it's pretty similar here where we can we can merge together and, and still be all together on the same block and appreciate each other's businesses. And I think that the community has embraced it. At first, uh, people would come in and be and be kind of stunned and look around and be like, oh, like, what kind what kind of store is this? And they they didn't understand. So it was about um, educating the community and explaining it to them. And this is a different than a thrift store. We curate everything and we hand, you know, and they were like, what's curate? And we said, it's handpicked. Everything's recycled. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, so it's worn. And I'm like, yes, it's been, it's been used. Um, but we're picking the best things for you. We're picking the good brands that you want. And we're um, making sure that everything is in good condition still and it's still on trend. So, you know, once we explained it to people, they really, really um, embraced it. Wow, yeah. Now, how, uh, what is, I don't know if you have a strategy or if you have a, a, a tool, but I mean, how do you reach the market that you're trying to reach? You know, what's your marketing, you know, strategy or plan or whatever? <laughs> Our marketing 101. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's difficult because we are a small business and we don't have the big budgets, um, you know, that other retailers have to spend on marketing because really you're supposed to spend, uh, I think half or you're supposed to spend a lot of money on your, on your marketing mm -hmm. when you're, when you're a new business. Yeah. Um, yeah. but right now we're using everything that we can. That's free mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, um, 
MailChimp, mm -hmm. you know, that's not free, but it's not, you know, it's it's not expensive. It's not expensive. So we're using all the all the tools that are out there that we can that are um, pretty much um, inexpensive or free. Mm -hmm. So Instagram is a big one because that's pretty much what our target demographic uses mm -hmm. um, that and now TikTok. So mm -hmm. it's about being on. It's about knowing your demographic completely because those are the people that you're catering to. So you have to know. What I told Randy when he was opening is that you have to know what your customer, where they shop, what they eat, um, if, if they're eco-friendly or not, if they, um, you know, what's almost like, what's their favorite color, are mm -hmm. they educated, um, what else? You have to know all of these things about your customer in order to be able to, to sell the right product to them for it to succeed. So for us, our demographic is, is Probably now it's a younger customer than when we first started. The younger kids now have money and they're shopping online and they have Zelle and Venmo and all that. So our target demographic is pretty much the 15 year old to like 28 year old. Wow. That's mm -hmm. that's our market. We do get the um, the older, hipper people in their 50s that still want to um, you know dress mm -hmm. um, cool and different and, and eclectic. He remembers some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's our target demographic. So you have to, with that in mind, you have to know what the latest thing is that people, what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. And that's TikTok right now. Yeah. So TikTok is huge. So we started a TikTok account and we're using that, uh, putting up little you know videos up there and, and gating an audience you know, through that. Yeah. So yeah, so with our, with our demographic, it's just basically about knowing everything that they eat, sleep, and drink. So what kind of followers do you have on uh, Instagram right now? I mean, what's the, what's the numbers right now? Right now, we're right around 10,000 followers. Okay, that's mm -hmm. substantial. That's, yeah, and it's small. growing. So, um, And that's all organic, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just posting and... And a lot of a lot of back end work going in well, and you know liking other people's things and commenting so that they see you. So it, it's a, it's a lot of work. I've seen a lot of the Facebook stuff that you've done, and and you guys actually hire uh, models or you use local people to mm -hmm. model some of the stuff. Yeah, we have um, some of the employees that have worked with us now and in the past have volunteered to to model, um, and we definitely we've had fashion shows that. Um, had the kids from San Fernando High. Um, mm -hmm. I think we had kids from Silmar High. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So we've had a fashion show for um, uh, for prom, and we've had you know the local high schools involved. Um, so events uh, uh, work into your marketing plan as yep. well. So it, uh, I, I really like the idea of the, uh, the high school fashion show. <laughs> That's kind of a... Because it's not like, uh, you know, we're going to get tuxedos. No, we're going to uh, dress like uh, 80s. And I think a lot of high school kids dig that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think now it's it's not so much where you you have every kid that used to want to buy everything at Cachet or one of or Windsor mm -hmm. back in the '80s. Now everybody's kind of like, well, I'm going to dress the way I want, and I want to get a vintage dress, or I want to wear something that's nobody else has. That's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no rules right now in fashion, and that's what's kind of cool about right now. Even though there's not a set look. You know, but maybe 10, 15 years now, we're going to look back and say, oh, that's definitely from 2020. <laughs> yeah. You can never tell until it's over. <laughs> you can't tell yet. <laughs> but um, but I think right now there is no rules and kids and people want to dress how they feel and they want to express themselves. Fashion is a, is a form of expression. Yeah. And that's why I like it so much, because I feel that um, it's the easiest way to um, to express how you feel or how you want to look or how you want to, people to see to see you. 
Yeah, and I think being smart about fashion shows who you are. You gave some thought to how you're presenting yourself. And, and that could be whether you're in a, a, a three-piece suit or whether you're uh, dressed in something vintage. You gave some thought to it. Mm-hmm. You, and, and then that speaks a lot about, you know, people. And uh, rather than, you know, I just rolled out of bed and these are the sweats <laughs> I slept in, you know. <laughs> I have a, opinions about that, but it is, it is your store caters to those people who, uh, who have, who care. You know? Right. Whether it is uh, just about vintage or about how they look or both, it's, yeah, it's unique. It's, and, it's, and it's a sense of, you know, it gives you self-esteem. You'll be surprised what you, how you feel about yourself when you, when you get up, you get dressed, you get ready and you look at yourself and you're just like, I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah. You, it really puts you in that, in that mindset. And that's why during this pandemic, they're telling people, don't just stay in your PJs all day and, you know, and um, get dressed, get up, because yeah. it does make you feel better. And that's what fashion to me does. It's not, you know, we're not, you know, curing diseases or we're not, you know, um, reinventing the will here. But it's, it's fashion to me is something that I think is important to, um, for everybody. Well, right now is a very uh, uh, difficult time for everybody because of, uh, I mean, we're recording this like two days after some of the biggest riots we've had since 1991 and two. So uh, uh, yeah. it's all a forefront in our minds. But as, as small and uh, seemingly trivial as it might be, getting up in the morning, getting dressed, caring about how you look, and uh, organizing your own get-together is a way of starting the process of being someone in your community and caring about your community because you obviously care about yourself. And then people will see that and say, oh, well, I should care about myself. Look at, look at Fred over here or Mary. or They're really doing something cool. Why can't I do that? It's a way of influencing people without really uh, trying. You right. know, it's 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 uh, the people I look up to have always been people who are uh, smartly dressed and present themselves that way. I mean, even celebrities, this is all they care about. You know, it's very important. So, uh, and that's that's why the marketing that you guys do really uh, portrays that. You know, and that's it's important. Right. Now, I wanted to ask again about marketing because it seems to have been a theme of the last couple of our shows, which is. Uh, how does small business with no budget get traction? I mean, now you've been with the store almost four years now. At what point do you think the social media really got, uh, you know, got feet on the ground and really started making a difference for uh, attracting customers? I mean, it obviously doesn't happen immediately, which is a difficult thing for some people to understand. How come I don't have 10,000 people I've been on for a month? You know? Right. I think that um, the social mar- the social um, marketing hasn't started working about two to three years in, and it just started to really kick off because there was a time where we were kind of in a in in lim- middle ground where nothing was happening. We just stayed um, stagnant for a little bit as far as far as our followers and everything went on on Instagram, but. Um, certain videos and certain things that you post, you just never know, especially with the algorithms changing. Um, and, and when Facebook bought Instagram and the algorithm changed, uh, a lot of the people that would see your post uh, didn't see them. 
So um, it's just, it's, it's, it's so difficult because you just never know if a one video or something that you post is, is going to get a lot of hits and then it will go kind of viral where, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden you'll have maybe a hundred likes, but then the next morning you're going to wake up and you're going to see you have a thousand likes. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's honestly, it's hit or miss, it's hit or miss, <laughs> unless you have yeah. somebody that's, you know, that's behind the scenes and studying everything all the time and looking at all that, you just don't know. But with the small business, you have to give yourself time. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what I've learned having two small businesses in the past and now helping Randy. Um, is that a lot of small business owners don't give the business time to actually grow when you're growing organically, meaning you're not spending big bucks mm -hmm. on a marketing firm or PR or any of that, mm -hmm. um, or advertisements, then you have to give it years to grow. And if you don't have that time, then you're going to be very unhappy with yourself <laughs> because it takes time if yeah. you're going to do everything organically. Well, it, it, it's, uh, it's difficult if you, like you said, if you don't have the budget, you're in trouble. But I think you guys have, you know, would you say that consistency has gotten you uh, the eventual traction you're looking for? Because you guys post a lot all yeah. the time. Yeah, you do have to be consistent. And there was a time where you had to post before there were the stories added to Instagram, um, which are the little short uh snippets that you see mm -hmm. now before they had that on on their platform you had to post at least four to five times a day to Whoa. your gallery wall in mm -hmm. order to stay relevant because if they don't see you then it's out of sight out of mind so you constantly had to be posting mm -hmm. and the content that you post has to be engaging it has to look beautiful it has to be bright it has to be colorful um there's yeah. there's snapshots don't work <laughs> no you got to put some thought into it and some creativity into it um, and you got to make sure that you have the product that you're posting. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you need to take that into consideration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's an, it's an interesting, uh, social media is just a, a beast. You might say, yeah. um, we're, we're going to have a, a speaker uh, next week or so who's, uh, uh, talks about bringing together all this is a native ad by the way um, who basically brings that uh, uh, online marketing into sort of a uh, a plan uh, it, it's costly because you have to eventually pay for ads and you have to pay for uh, uh, memberships and, and and things in Google to get your AdWords and your ad placements mm -hmm. uh, but if it's done right it, it can get results and uh, uh, you have, you can cast a pretty broad net though with what you're uh, doing. It, it's uh, it, the hope is that there be, develop some synergy out here so that when someone comes to visit Throwback, they're not just coming to visit you, but there is something within the town that they can do besides, um, uh, which right. is sort of my way of segueing into the uh, association you're president of the. the we have a chamber of commerce in this town, but we also have a, a downtown association or a mall association, we call it. And uh, now you've only been affiliated with it now for I don't know, six or eight months. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you want to uh, give us a little uh, backgrounder on it or what your impression of it is right now? Sure. Um, yeah, I got involved um, with the mall association, like you said, about six to eight months ago. Um, 
and it's a great it's a great group. It's a, an association. We have a board, and um, we are helping the the mall merchants basically have a voice um, that they didn't have before. So we help uh, with their trash issues, um, with um, police, with more police lighting. Um, any issues that, that they have, we have meetings and we listen to them and we take all of that information and we as a board um, will work with the city and to try to tackle some of these issues um, that the businesses are facing right now. Yeah, and I think in the long term, you know, organizations like that are what should attract small businesses to smaller towns. Um, we are literally surrounded in San Fernando by the city of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, this the city of San Fernando is 2.4 square miles? Something like that, 2.4, 2.5. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, that is a tiny little speck. <laughs> and what you need to do is be able to say, why would you want to come here? There's no lake there's no beach there's no mountain there's no recreation it's a small town and so how how can we attract people here and what you can do is say it is a small town yeah come and visit uh, old town san fernando come and see what we have to offer right know? well I, I would imagine that's how pasadena started they yeah. had old town pasadena and with their cute shops and they still have their small independent uh shops over on near holly street um, but I feel it's the same way with San Fernando. We have all the freeway access here. We're, you know, we have the five, the 210. Um, so we're easy to get to. And um, the small town feel, like you said, I think people look for that. It's charming and um, they want small little mom and pop shops. And that's what we have here. People, yeah. people want to shop at different places than just your big box retail. Yeah, I mean... Uh uh, a lot of times, uh, associations like this uh, are looked at as a way to help the business itself. But you can do that by attracting new business that works to attract more customers to the existing business. So you can market and say, you know, here's a place where you can get a bridal dress or a place where you can buy great food, mm -hmm. but here's a vacancy. And if you've got a unique shop that really uh, works well in this environment, we want you here. And I see that as a, a huge uh, win for the downtown areas. And uh, it's something that our association is, it's difficult to do. It's kind of like marketing, you know, isn't it? Right. It's hard to attract <laughs> people, you know. But I, I'm familiar with the association too, so I, I, I can speak to it a little bit. But right. I can also speak to the fact that having you guys involved, uh, Throwback Junction, especially you, it's really been a, a boost to uh, the morale and, and, it, and it, you know, the, the energy that people bring when they're finally uh, at the table is, is infectious in some yeah. ways. And it, it helps those who've been through it a long time to see the value of what we've been doing for so long. Right. You know, well, when you do something that you love, it's not work and it shows. I mean, I love fashion and I love my town. I've been here for a long time and my mom's here. My brother lives here now. So, I mean, it's it's uh, a place where I am invested in and I, you know, I care about. So um, 
so it makes me happy to go to go to work and to do whatever I can to help small businesses in any way that I can with the experience that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I know it's hard for some of these small businesses that have been they're the owner and they're the sales clerk and they're you know they're accounting and they're uh, <laughs> what do you call yeah. it um, security right, and right. everything and they're the cleaning people and so it, and and you're the and they're the marketers so it's hard for for those people that are doing all of those different things to step back and maybe say maybe I, I, I need help with some of these things because what happens is something has to give mm-hmm. and when you're a business owner and you're trying to do everything because maybe you're controlling and you want to try to do everything because you feel that you're the best person for it mm-hmm. you have to stop and and ask yourself you know can i can can i use some help and maybe i can give some of these tasks to to somebody else to do and, and help free up my time because you know what i've seen in the past is that when you try to do everything you just can't it's not yeah. something's not gonna happen or come out right yeah have you had any issues like that i mean you're obviously the manager Mm-hmm. And you have a couple of employees you work with, but um, you've seemed to have been able to handle the uh, onslaught quite well. I mean, uh, your managerial skills are working in your favor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have known? I, you know, I was a manager before, but you know, the, um, you know, for about ten people to two or three people, and now I have a staff of maybe I think we're at six right now because um, we have some part-time people that come in. But it's, it's about creating um, a family of people that are going to work with you, that, that help you do your job better. So in other words, what can your employees bring to the table to help you look better, have your company look better? Because if you bring the right employees to work with you, you almost don't have to do anything because everybody knows what they're doing. It's a well-oiled machine. You know, one person's doing this, another one's doing that, and you're kind of left to focus on what's important. You know, your your numbers, um, you know, and your accounting, your business part of it, and maybe opening up other stores and looking for other ways to, um, you know, to more to expand streams, more yeah. revenue. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there was a saying we used to have in one of the classes I took, which was, uh, "It's time to work on the business, not in the business." Yep. And uh, a lot of people uh, are, they, they bake, they have a bakery, and they're in the oven all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're kneading bread and, <laughs> and putting, you know, uh, bread in the oven. And yeah. you think, why are you getting up at 5 in the morning? Why don't you hire a chef? Yeah. Oh, no, I can't. It's too easy. Maybe you can't afford not to. Because right. if you someday like to not work, and I think this is the small business uh, blinders, mm-hmm. which is I must move forward by doing what I know how to do. But maybe what you need to do is learn how to run the business. And that's a, that's a unique skill set. And when you start a business, you really st- jump off a cliff. And uh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. But it's also uh, exhilarating, and it gives you the cred to do those unique things, you know. Right. Now, I did want to ask you something else about the COVID period, mm-hmm. because I, you guys, are primarily a walk-in store. I don't know how uh, aggressive your online purchasing, uh, uh, you know, setup was prior to 
the uh, shutdowns. But you guys did some unique things during that period of time. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, we um, we had a website started uh, prior to COVID, and um, we you know added some things to, to it. But it was basically an informational kind of website. Yeah. You know where we're located, um, what we're about. Um, not really at a selling platform, yeah. but because we did have brick and mortar, and that's what we concentrated mostly on day to day there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when COVID hit, it was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do to survive? Um, and we're just like, well, we're going to have to, you know, let's start adding more stuff to the website and let's start selling off of Instagram. And that's and that's what we did. And it really, really um, helped us during that time. So you were able to do like uh, uh, drive in pickup? Yes. Yeah, so we did. Um, we offered curbside. Uh, so somebody would either shop online on Instagram see things that we posted we would post the size and the price somebody would dm or call and say like oh i saw that you know that top or that item um how can i purchase it you could purchase it through zelle or through one of any online platform that we had available paypal they would uh, purchase it we'd pack it up have it on the side and ready for pickup or they can have it shipped if they wanted to too so how many days a week were you doing pickup we're doing pickup um four days a week Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. So it's turned into a. Now, I would expect that you're going to continue that. <laughs> yeah. Now you know the website, of course, is you know the owner Randy is like, okay, now we can't let this go because it's opened up you know all these cells online and we've exposed ourselves to other parts of of the nation and when we can't let that go, and you know curbside, of course, for the people that still want to shop on Instagram, we have to offer that. So now. We, I, I was telling people I was more busy during the COVID time than yeah. ever before. Wow. Because during, you know, when you have your, the store open, you're kind of just, okay, I'm handling the business with the store and, you know, and that's great. But now, you know, with COVID, it was like, okay, now you have to figure out, okay, what's selling on Instagram? We need, you know, to put up pictures up there every day and make <laughs> it look fresh. And then it was like, what are we adding to the website? And adding stuff to the website is about adding descriptions and prices and measurements. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, work, especially if you don't have it. <laughs> and you you're, don't have staff for that. You're literally bootstrapping. And, however, what I find interesting is that you didn't need to spend $5,000 to build a website. You just used Instagram and started selling it. And you said... Uh, national sales you've got sales from outside the area yeah we got sales from from all over the country because you know instagram you know online it's everywhere see that that is something i don't think people start realizing when you're a small business you mean i can sell to Mm -hmm. people out of my immediate area right all they're thinking about is how i can get the guy two miles away to drop in but what if you're getting the guy three states away. Yeah. Who's like, no, I want that pair of shoes and I'm going to get it. <laughs> and that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what, and that's exactly what happened. And I think, uh, I think we were all surprised at, yeah. at the um, attention that we got and, and kind of blown away by it and caught off guard because we didn't have a lot of things to add to our website. Well, and you didn't have shipping, you know, you yeah, weren't, you we weren't set up that way. <laughs> It's not like your Amazon. I mean, you had to call UPS and say, I have a pickup. <laughs> yeah. You know, or we were packing up things and dropping it off ourselves at the post office, you know, and that's what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's, that's uh, exhilarating 
from the standpoint of taking what could have been a period of time where everybody is at home frightened and uh, afraid and turning it into a business opportunity that may uh, increase your numbers as you get out of this. Yeah. And, and that to me is, is fantastic. It's starting to become a theme now with uh, uh, stores that I've talked to, which is we're not going to, uh, I, I talked to, uh, I'm gonna try to get her on the show. Uh, she owns a gym in town and they're painting the inside, they're painting the outside, they're redoing the floors, they're doing online classes, they're, they're, uh, trainers are coming in doing online stuff, which just tells me there's more than we all thought we could do available. Oh, yeah. And now that we've been forced into that corner, we're coming out swinging, you know? <laughs> and that's what entrepreneurs, that's what business people do is, they they they're not gonna sit too long. Yeah. Now I got my two weeks over in the corner, but now I'm I'm coming out. You know? Yeah, you have to. You really forced you to think out of the box, mm -hmm. and um, really be creative and think of things that you probably never would have thought if this didn't happen. So I think people are gonna look back years and years to come and say like, you know, how did the businesses survive during? during COVID in 2020. Yeah. And they're gonna look at all these things and, and realize that without an online presence, you you really are going to struggle from now on. Oh, yeah. You have to have an online presence because it's just it's just so important. And we saw it during this time, you know, you had people at home that couldn't shop anywhere, only yeah. on your computer or on mm -hmm. your phone. And so those were the customers that we got were, you know, people like, oh, you know, God, I'm so, I'm bored. Yeah. looking at things and, you know, trying to get stimulation somehow and, and have some sort of, you know, something fun in a time when you're stuck at home. Yeah. So what do you do? You go to like shopping and you go yeah. look for things. Yeah. And that's what people did. And, you know, and we're affordable just things, affordable things, because people, you know, were, you know, didn't have much. We don't have much well, money you right now. Don't have work. You don't know where the next work's coming from. You're afraid to spend too much money. Right. But you guys, you know, right down the middle. You also did something. Uh. I never really got the full story, but you mentioned to me one day as we were walking by each other that you were going to do a live event. Uh, it was on Instagram Live, or you had a DJ and stuff. Uh huh. Was that did that happen, or I don't remember. Yeah, that was something that we did with the Mall Association. So with their Instagram, what we did for Cinco de Mayo was oh, Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that's what it was. was we decided to um, since everybody was at home and that's such a big. Um, celebration day for so many people, especially here in LA um, and especially here in town, we decided to um, get a DJ to do a live set. Um, she took over our Instagram for the day for those at that hour or so, two hours or so, and um, live streamed her DJ set. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a couple of the businesses locally here in town um, supply her with um, like a michelada and some decor, you know, some sponsorship, you know, stuff so that she was, when she was showing on her Instagram, she can show like San Fernando Brewery or, you know, Truman House um, cocktails. So we, we did that and it was great. It was, a, it was, people loved it and they tuned in and um, it just offered something for you to listen to while you're maybe enjoying your Cinco de Mayo at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's another creative way of using what you already have very on budget guerrilla marketing, I'd call it. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I hate to be focusing so much on marketing, but 
marketing is so much of how we survive when mm-hmm. there's no alternative. And I think it's important to know what your product is, to know what your market is. But once those are established, you've got to go get them. They're not going to just waltz in because you have a door. Right. And, and I think, yeah, a lot of people think that they open a business and they're just like, well, I'm just going to open. And it's beautiful and I have great products. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 you have to market yourself because people don't know that you're there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and it's exciting for me. I just uh, get charged up listening to some of the ideas that I hear coming from you and from other people in town. And uh, I, it's just, you know, impressive to me. Yeah. We're getting closer to the mark, but I just wanted to ask you, I mean, where's the future going? I mean, for throwback, for you, for the association, I mean, pick a topic. But mm-hmm. I, I always like to think of tomorrow. Today is, you know, today, and we're kind of in the, the mail you, as it were. But right. where are we going to go? Do you ever give, <laughs> uh, you know, much thought to that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm it, always thinking about, you know, down, down the road and what's next and mm-hmm. being a part of projects that are bigger than me mm-hmm. and bigger than, than throwback. But, yeah. <clears throat> and one of them being the mall association. Yeah. Um, but I think for throwback is, is more stores in the future mm-hmm. is having like a, you know, small chain of stores, um, throughout, you know, Southern California would be, is, is the goal. Yeah. Um, as well as of course, <laughs> continuing with our online yeah. presence so, you know, that's the goal with Throwback. I think that this eco-friendly and, and recycled fashion and products are not going, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, our earth is suffering. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that that's the future. It's going to continue to be the future um, of shopping. With the Mall Association, I hope that in the future we, um, we work, continue with our partnership with the city to bring in some diverse businesses, to bring in uh, more restaurants and make it a, the lively place that it uh, used to be, you know, five, ten years ago, have more events and continue to um, to grow and thrive in San Fernando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, just to continue to, you know, help help in any way that I can yeah. and maybe eventually go back to my fashion line and creating a line again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's 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 so cool. It It's kind of like uh, the art gallery in town when you it's art is part of your life yeah. and it's great to have that to go back to or to go to and uh, I, I'm a closet artist I never <laughs> practiced it but it's fascinating to me and it, it is a a release sometimes to yeah. be able to create something and nowadays there's no reason that everybody can't have a creative outlet of some kind even right. if it's being creative and choosing what you dress you know? right and and that's uh that to me is great and you guys you know hit that uh, uh trigger point for a lot of people i think oh thanks yeah, yeah wouldn't it be great to have san fernando in the mall have you know a shoe cobbler a dressmaker um you know somebody creating jewelry candles i mean there's so many talented people here and especially here in San Fernando, there's a lot of artists and people that create and make things. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be, you know, quite a sight to have businesses like that in the mall. Yeah, you, you know, the conventional wisdom is those businesses won't succeed because you can get all the shoes you want on Amazon. <laughs> but the reality is that, yeah, I can get all the sketchers I want from Amazon. But maybe I want a pair of shoes nobody's got. Yeah. Or maybe I want to get something different or unique or... 
something they, I haven't seen yet. And to have a, a retailer who specializes in that creates an energy in a downtown that you just... Uh, you can't get by browsing, so to speak, you know? Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, and it'd be great to be able to shop in our downtown and, mm -hmm. and buy, get all your shopping needs here in town, yeah. in San yeah. Fernando, you yeah. know, and, and reduce your carbon, your carbon footprint. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's the goal. Well, and, and what I'm trying to do with this show is show people that small towns, small businesses, uh, uh, and districts like this have such a unique value that they shouldn't be uh, dismissed. Yeah. And uh, these are the retailers that we, uh, we grow up with and we remember as we get older. <laughs> oh, I remember that stationery store. <laughs> Hallmark. Yeah, you know, for me it's Richardson's, you know, it was downtown San Fernando, you know. And I think uh, we're, I don't want to call it a renaissance, I don't want to call it a comeback, but I think that there is a value in it that people are beginning to recognize more. Yeah. And uh, whatever we can do uh, on this show, whatever uh, uh, the association does, really is going to make uh, and put this place back on the map in a, in a new way, even though it might be a throwback. <laughs> Gee, there's a pun. <laughs> nice. Well, well, listen, Christina, I want to thank you for a, a great uh, conversation. I really appreciate you coming out, uh, and your uh, efforts are also very appreciated in your interest and help to the downtown areas here, and, and I wish you all the success uh, personally as well as professionally, so uh, thanks Aww. once again for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> all right, you have a great day. Thank you. Well, we hope you all enjoyed Small Business Weekly, and uh, I want to thank once again Christina for coming out and helping us today next time you're in town give a visit to throwback junction they're located on uh, the east side of san fernando road between mcclay and brand boulevards now in this time of uh, sort of uncertainty uh, one thing's for sure small business is under a little bit of pressure right now and you may want to take a little extra effort and go visit that small restaurant, that small uh, dress shop, that small shoe store that might be owned by your neighbor or the guy down the street. Those businesses really work hard and uh, they're the engine of the uh, community as you might say and it's really good for you to spend a little time getting to know them and supporting them. That's what our San Fernando Chamber of Commerce does and we really uh, think there's a value in making sure that these businesses survive and thrive. So once again, we want to thank you for joining us here at Small Business Weekly, and tune in next time. We're going to have another great guest, and we'll see you all real soon. <laughs>